Long Torso Edition. Welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about Marvel movies and video games. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about Marvel movies right now. Yeah, we'll talk about video games later. Yeah, we'll get to it. You can uh, see the show notes for when we start talking about video games. If I remember to put it in there. You will. <laughs> I might. Nobody listens to this for the video game content anyway. <laughs> Strange. They want to know our hot takes yes. on 12-year-old Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> In this case, this movie is only eight years old, because what did we watch, Matt? We watched um, 2011 uh-huh. Thor? 2011, or is it 2010? 11. 2011's Thor. Directed by Kenny Branagh. Yeah, of uh, Shakespearean fame. Yes, and starring the Hemsworth. Yeah, this one was written by at least three people. Yeah, um, the story was by writers. was One of the story writers was actually J. Michael Streck. Zinsky, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but he's a pretty well-known comic book writer. He, oh. he has had a very long runs on like uh, Amazing Spider-Man and stuff. I remember that. But the screenplay was by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne. All of those names are fantastic. All of those names read vaguely like like pseudonyms, but they don't seem real. They yeah. definitely seem like they were dreamed up by somebody writing a comic book. But yeah, Don Payne. Don Payne. <laughs> All right, uh, had you seen this movie before? I had never seen this movie before. Okay. And really, I knew nothing about Thor. Like, as a character, I knew that he had the same name. He shared a name with a popular and famous god. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know if, like, that was actually a literal thing or anything about I it. I guess that Thor is, like, the first Marvel character to be based on a, a real person and or god. Yes, the real person, Thor. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'd seen this movie, uh, and we'll talk about this later, but my memory of this movie is vastly different than what it ended up being. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if I have kind of the same thing already, because it was a little bit ago we watched this movie. We watched this movie like a week ago, and uh, I already feel the parts of it I liked taking precedence yes. in my memory yes. and kind of giving me a warped fond memory of this movie which actually like large swaths of it i have just totally blocked out um this movie in my memory is like 70 percent fish out of water comedy yeah and, and like in reality 30 percent like action scenes and like backstory involving like weird norse mythology like the good fish out of water stuff is maybe 10 yeah. percent of this movie at most but at we are most. going to get to that yeah all right Let's just recap. So this now thing. that we've established we barely remember it, <laughs> let's recap Thor. So everything starts with um, Jane Foster as played by Natalie Portman, along with uh, Father Skarsgård, um, parent to both Bill and what's the other Skarsgård's name? Oh, Bill is Pennywise the clown, and, and the then other, one the other is, one's the famous one. Yeah. He's like the Emmy Award winner, and he uh, is in uh, the Big Little Lies, right? Yeah, Big Alexander. Lies. Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. Um, so we have Papa Skarsgård. I didn't there. realize that's their dad. Yeah, that's oh, their dad. Oh wow! He's an See, actual. He's a Swedish actor. What's amazing actor. about these movies is how everything connects. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, 
Uh, and then they have an assistant there who's... Um, they have a grad student. They have a grad student. Who is my second favorite character in the movie. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, oh, actually, really? I really thought they gave her like all the best lines all right. other than Thor himself. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to our, our power rankings of the characters <laughs> in Thor. Um, also, it is important to, for the listener, we are recording this week in a location where there is a dog. And the dog is literally trying to get onto the mic right yeah, now as we speak. It's just jumping all over me, and it's awesome. Um all right, so we start with the three of them. They're in the New Mexico desert, and they're keeping an eye out for like shooting stars or something or like some, that. Well, they're doing. They're looking like for a, some sort of physical phenomenon. They're looking for like the Eisenberg or Rosenberg Einstein Bridge, <laughs> which we know because Skarsgård says to Natalie Portman, "Like you're a world famous physicist." <laughs> in early drafts of this of this script, I read that she was a nurse. Well, <laughs> she's like. They're just like, no, no. Um, let's make her a physicist. Yeah, I was like, but nobody will believe that she's just a physicist if she's doing physicist things. Some man needs to say that that's what she does. A world-renowned physicist. It's so weird. It it was like such a clunky. It's very clunky. thing out of the gate. But anyway, okay. they see a shooting star. It like plows into the earth. There's and like this then, crazy like wind tunnel tornado yeah. thing. Just like destroys the sky and something lands. Since we have watched the um. The essentially the teaser for this film and the, in the post credit sequence to Iron Man two, we know that it is probably Thor's hammer. But what we don't know is that it might also be Thor. Oh, good point. <laughs> I actually don't remember which one it is. Okay, so what happens is they well, drive towards this thing Twister style. Yeah, and they're going is, after it. And this is when we get they're like they're driving toward this like lightning tornado, which is when we get. My first favorite line from the assistant girl when she goes, I am not risking my life for college credit. Pretty good. <laughs> and they drive into this thing and they crash into a naked dude. <laughs> Smash cut. Uh, I don't think they show us a title card here, but it's no, hard there, to there remember. No, there is no title card yeah, I think, until the end. But, but smash cut to like 936 AD. Right. So we, we see them crash into a naked dude and now suddenly it's like before human history yeah and oh boy so the i think i i know this part pretty well okay you have um the odin and the norse are fighting in norway they're on earth still yeah against the frost giants of like jodenheim or something yes, like that that. That's, that is correct so they're fighting they're fighting they're fighting and then they defeat the frost giants and they sort of broker a truce a, a truce a truce, a truce a with truce. the frost giants yeah of some but, sort but here's what i don't understand at this point, doesn't Odin steal the magic cinder block? Yeah, he steals the magic cinder block, and that like it, it basically it's a truce in which that like they don't kill all the frost giants. Is the important oh, thing. and then they they take the frost they giants' take, treasure, which yeah. is this magical cinder block that glows. Yes, and then they banish the frost giants to Jotunheim, and then they go up to Asgard in the sky. Okay, and Asgard is like this dream theater album cover looking. CGI Wonderland yes. full of towers that I, you never see any people in it. Like, it doesn't feel like a city or no, something. No, it does not feel lived in at all. No, it's just yeah. like a really kind of cool cover painting for a science fiction book. It's like what Thomas Kincaid's son would have painted during like a dream theater phase, as you said. Yeah. Like, it has like. It has that just like cheesy, overly slick CGI thing. Mm -hmm. 
it's weird looking. Anyway, so that's Asgard. Yeah. Um, so they're all up there. Uh, everything settles in in Asgard. You have Odin has two sons. One of them is named Thor. The other one is named Loki. One is like blonde and blue eyed. The other one is like dark, slicked black hair. Yeah. One <laughs> of them listens to Nickelback. One of them listens to AFI. Yeah. They're, they're really like clearly um, indicated like visually. And I actually think there's pretty good like there's we meet them as children when they are being told this story of the magic cinder block. Yeah. And there is some pretty good child acting where young Thor is like, I want to be the king. Like very much. He is Simba. He just can't wait. Uh, and Loki is like, I am the lesser son. No one loves me. Already. And he doesn't even know the truth of his parentage. Yes. Which we will get to we'll get later. To. Um, so jump ahead. I don't know, like a, another 2000 years or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how gods age. How long is Thor supposed to have been alive? I don't know. Thor's like 30. <laughs> okay. But I does he age the same way as mortals? Well, it's weird because like, it, are they a- actually... Odin, Odin ages. You are see they Odin gods age. or are they just people who... Are, Dancers? Is it like, <laughs> well, <laughs> is, is, it, is it like a Superman scenario where it's like Superman is like a god because he's like from somewhere else where the rules are different and yeah. then he comes to us and we're like, whoa, he's a god. But he's just kind of like a normal person from where he is is that how the gods in this are and then they showed up on earth and the norse people worshiped them because they were special i think i think that that's more accurate to what the mcu is doing they very carefully sidestep this i'm sure that it's explained thoroughly multiple times over in the comics uh-huh. with like various different universes having various different like versions of thor but um i think that you're right that they like were from asgard they came to earth were worshipped as gods then went back to asgard yes um, but they do age. We know that much because Odin they, they noticeably like ages. People who are yeah. just super powerful. Yes. So they're they're very very powerful. Odin is like super powerful. Though sometimes he just needs to go to sleep. Well, for no reason we're gonna at get all. to that <laughs> that plot driven <laughs> slumber. Um, so in any case, we jump ahead to like modern day, and we're still in Asgard though. And Thor is now like thirty years old. He's he's pretty buff. He's looking good. His eyebrows seem a lot lighter in this installment than you in later installments You kept commenting this. on this, and I thought he looked exactly the same. But um, Well, we will see when we watch <laughs> The Avengers in two weeks. Um, <laughs> in any case, uh, Thor is ready to, to take the throne, but just as he's about to take the throne, because Odin's going to give it over to him, because Odin is getting old, um, Olden. there's uh, an ice giant attack. On trying to grab back their like cinder block, literally in the midst of the coronation, the coronation, which is the only time that we see anybody from it's Asgard who is time. not a god, and they are all so CGI, like it just it's so hermetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Odin's there. He's like, "You will be the the new king who protect all this stuff. You wield the hammer, all these things." Frost giants show up, and they are defeated by this automaton robot that shoots laser fire out of its face that the Asgardians have built, which seems like an extremely effective defense mechanism, really negating any danger of the Frost Giants ever attacking, but okay. Yeah. So this thing nukes all the Frost Giants, and they don't get the cinder block. But Thor is, like, not happy about having his coronation ruined by these ice giants. he just can't wait to be king. Because he just can't. So uh, Thor essentially gathers his friends, the Lady Sif and the Warriors Three. I can't believe you remembered that because th- there's it's these, so dumb. There are these other people 
who it's weird because like this Carrie Eloise looking dude. Oh my god, dude. Some um, of these people look so dopey. They like, are like the the fellowship of the dumber Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like they are just like <laughs> they all look like they showed up for a community theater project and, and Kenneth Branagh cast them in his movie. It's so strange. It's very strange. And they are also very gullible because Thor talks them and Loki into going to the Frost Giants world of Loki is like, we shouldn't go to Jotunheim. Yeah, Loki's anti this. Um, but he says that he's going to go along if he has to. Yeah. So they, without Odin's permission, they sneak away to Jotunheim. To and go kill some, to go frost, kill some giants. frost giants. Things don't go super well, but Thor is like ready to basically die on the battlefield if it, you know, if he needs to. He kills a lot of frost giants. He kills a lot of frost giants, but he's going to get overwhelmed before too long. Yeah. Um, his buddies get overwhelmed. They have to run away. They return on the Bifrost, which is a well, they rainbow can't, bridge. Yeah, they can't get the Bifrost to work because Odin has to come and save their asses. Does he? Yeah, he uh, shows okay. up and then he shows up. Saves their asses, um, destroys a bunch more ice giants, and this ends the truce essentially. Yeah. And Odin like brings them all back to Asgard, and he's like, "Why did you do that? That's not cool. <laughs> now we are at war again." And he um, strips Thor of his armor and his hammer and banishes him to Earth. And throws the hammer after him. Mm-hmm. So he like throws Thor to Earth on the Rainbow Bridge. And then throws the hammer after him and says that when Thor is ready, he'll be able to wield it. But no one who is not worthy of wielding the hammer can pick it up. Yeah. Um, He whispers this and seemingly no one else hears him. Yeah. Well, we do because they show us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so then we return to the opening of the movie where Thor hits the ground and then is immediately plowed into by Natalie Portman's truck. And now... An entirely different and much better movie begins. Yeah. Um, I believe the next scene is just like they they just like cut to black. Then the next scene is like Thor like getting out of the shower with like so, a towel on. Yeah. Well, <sighs> it is the che- it is like the beefcake shot. The well, there's movie. that one, but I don't know if he goes to the hospital before that. Oh, no, he does go to the he's hospital He's acting really that. weird, right? Because like, yeah. they pick him up in the desert, and they're like scared that he's dead, and he like wakes up, and he's just talking about the Bifrost and how he needs his hammer, and he's got this weird accent, and they just think he's drunk, and so they're treating him like he's just this drunk drifter, which is really <laughs> hilarious and charming. Uh, and then they take him to the hospital... <laughs> And you should describe this scene, Matt, because I think it brought you more joy than anything else in the whole it's, series. Um, no, this is not my favorite moment. Actually, my favorite moment comes later. But uh, this is like what I remember most of the movie being. But yeah, he's in the hospital, and like the doctors are like trying to like treat him because they they think that he's drunk and he's just been hit by a car. They're trying to put an IV in him. And he stands up, and in what what is one of the longest shots in the film, I believe, is basically <laughs> like the scene from Old Boy, where the dude just fights <laughs> off everybody and looks like a 2d fighting game thor gets up and starts throwing doctors around just just, tossing them around he's just punching all of these doctors and there's nobody's like fighting him he is just fighting everyone and just like screaming uh and it's played for laughs extremely effectively and then they like tranquilize him against the door and he like goes slack on it um and it's really funny, and you have the first moment in the movie where you go like, I like this Chris Hemsworth <laughs> guy. Like, he is good. You go, oh, it's a comedy. Oh, it's like, this is a fun movie all yeah. of a sudden. Um, then he, like, escapes from the hospital. 
Yeah, I don't even remember or how something. that happens. They recover him, and then we get the beefcake shot where he okay. gets like, cleaned up. He comes out of the shower, and then in my second favorite line from my second favorite character, the graduate student, she goes, that homeless guy's pretty cut. <laughs> True enough. Which is like just so, it's like the only time in these movies so far that we've had like a really yoked superhero, for which these are known, right? Considering the fact that the Hulk is extra yoked. This right. Is- but like Bruce Banner is not. And so this is like yeah. the first time that we've had these like comically jacked dudes just interacting with normal people. And I do appreciate that they're immediately like, somebody is going to be like, whoa, <laughs> where did this man come it, from? It's it's an excellent moment. Yeah. Um, and this begins like some of my favorite moments in the movie. Uh, first, they go to a uh, diner, <laughs> and, which Co- Thor uh, drinks coffee for the first time and throws the cup on the ground and demands another. <laughs> he just screams, another. It's great. It um, is so good. His commitment to it and his charisma, yeah, off the charts. Yeah, they lucked out with Hemsworth. Oh, man. They really lucked. Well, out. I think they did good work. Like, yeah, they, they, the casting is just spectacular because he is. I don't know, especially in contrast to the like overly self serious, uh, Asgard stuff. Yeah, you're like, this is the movie. Is him just interacting with normal people. Yes, exactly. Because when he's fighting things in Asgard, and we're going to talk more about this later, but when he's fighting things, we should just note, it is totally without weight. Yeah, it's it's bad CG. Like, he just swings the hammer, things explode, end of scene. I wonder who they go to for their CG. I think it's ILM. Uh, for every movie? Uh, they Like, they're, like, large teams that they like outsource different parts it's interesting that certain teams seem to understand it perfectly Mm -hmm. and other teams just have no sense of weight i mean i think that's always been the thing where like you know the lord of the rings was relatively like concurrent to the prequels and ilm stuff in the prequels looked way less weighty than the stuff in lord of the rings that makes sense uh but anyways um okay so so he's on earth he's just he is a fish out of water he has no idea what's going on meanwhile oh do we cut back at this point well no we cut back to the hammer which is in the desert thor doesn't know where the hammer is nobody he doesn't even know that it's on earth right but this guy (laughs) who's just out there agent colson no the this random (laughs) finds the hammer and then this is m- probably my favorite thing in the movie. So this dude finds the hammer. He tries to pick it up, and he's like, hmm, I can't pick up this hammer. And then we get this great shot of everybody, like, tailgating around this crater and, like, just blasting, like, Van Halen while dudes just t- test their strength against this hammer. It is like a redneck sword in the stone. And it's so it's charming, right? Yes, and it's it, so And it feels so, so accurate to, like, the whole thing. And this is when... I mean, I think immediately after this, you get my favorite mo- moment in the movie where Thor is like, he finds out that he, he needs like transportation to get out to the desert. And so he walks into a pet shop and demands a horse, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines in any Marvel movie I've ever seen. It's very good. Um, but this, why they didn't lean into this in the writing a little bit more is kind of like bonkers to me because it. Maybe it would get old after a while, but I, it is so rich. The, um, and we're going to get to that, I think, because yeah. I, I have some theories. Okay. All right, um, cool. Yeah, let's, let's continue let's, the recap. Let's get through the plot, because we are moving slow, and there's not a lot that happens in this movie. Lugubrious. Yes. Agent Coulson like, realizes that the hammer is there. The shield shows up and like shuts down the site, kicks out all of the normal people trying to pick up this hammer. <laughs> they, they build a Metal Gear Solid level around the hammer. They do. They totally do. With outposts and everything. Yes. Everything about it. It looks like when like they realize E.T. is at Elliot's house, and they cover <laughs> it in the balloon. Um 
And then, what, um, meanwhile, how does, Thor, how does Thor find out that the hammer is in the desert? I think it just gets like mentioned, okay, in like the diner, or it's yeah, like on the TV, or something like that. Yeah. So, Thor wants to go get the hammer. Uh, he sneaks into the area at night. It's raining. At this point, Agent Coulson, like a dude who we know because we uh, exist in America in 2019, we know that he's Hawkeye. Yeah, um, Clint Hawking, I believe his yeah. name is. Wait, is actually, but that's Jeremy Renner, right? It's Jeremy Renner. I recently the, learned he has a music actor. career. Yes, he does. Yikes. Yeah, he's not my favorite person. Yo, that music is bad. Waging a war against all the said I told you. Yeah, it's really bad. He's Whoa. also just sort of like a lame dude. I don't know anything about opinion. him, but I know that that music is pretty is bad. garbage. I'm just going to It is shocking anyways he like they know thor is sneaking in like immediately they identify that he is intruding yeah thor is not subtle yeah he's like running through just punching dudes in the (laughs) face which is totally his move he's yeah he is not stealth oriented he is guns blazing yeah uh and like hawkeye's got a bead on him he's like up in a hot air balloon just like targeting (laughs) this man with a bow and arrow just like i can shoot him whenever i want but agent colson's like stay your hand hawkeye because he wants to see if Thor can pick up the hammer. Meanwhile, anybody who has not read a comic book is like, why does this man have a bow and arrow? Well, I mean, he just seems like a cool dude, but it's like, why are we meeting this guy? Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Thor can't pick up the hammer. Thor is apprehended. Uh, um, then, like, he's he's apprehended, and they put him in a room, and they're like, what are you? Like, MI5? Oh, yeah. Mossad or whatever. They assume that he's like a like CIA trained yeah, dude. Yeah, of, sor- of sorts. Yeah. Because he, he's like, it's very much the moment that they cut into the trailer where they're like, who is this individual? Mm-hmm. He's so powerful. Right. Um. Anyway, yeah. He's Meanwhile. A go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say he's a member of like Fox Die or something like that or whatever. We need to remember the names of things when we reference yeah, them. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what the, the group, the paramilitary group in uh, Fox Fox con. <laughs> uh Lula Le Lulu. Meanwhile Sons of the Patriots. <laughs> Meanwhile, I think we go back up to Asgard, right? Yeah. In Asgard, Loki's like, Man, it really sucks that we had to banish Thor, but now I guess I get to be king, and now I just can't wait to be king. And he has a conversation with his dad. Thor's friends are all like, you should undo Thor's banishment. Like, you should help like get your dad to do that. And he's like, no, I'm just talking to my dad about how I want to be the king. And then Odin has, like, a heart attack? Well, no, before that, Odin reveals Loki's true parentage. Oh, yeah. And he's like, by the way, I adopted you. You were, like, a, an ice giant. Yeah, you realize, like, you realize that Loki isn't a frost giant. But, like, then- there's this weird thing where it's like, because he got touched by a human, he turned into a human. Yeah. And then if the frost giants touch him, he turns back into a frost giant man. Yeah. It's unclear. I don't really get it. It's playing with magic. Well, magic, this isn't magic hard. and science are the same thing we were told in this <laughs> yeah. movie. So. This is not the hard science of Tony Stark and Iron <laughs> That's Man. That's right. <laughs> We've moved from hard sci-fi to fantasy. <laughs> it is, like Compared to Iron Man, this is like... It is floaty f- space Ooh, fantasy. It is floaty. So um, okay. So he. So anyways, Odin reveals Loki this. is an ice giant. Yeah, L- Odin reveals this, and the stress of the revelation 
<laughs> appears to cause Odin to go into what he calls and what is called an Odin sleep. That's all one word. Cap- yeah. Capitalized. Proper noun. <laughs> well, he slips into an Odin sleep. But the form that it takes when it comes over him is that of a heart attack. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, is he dead? And then it's like, no, he is asleep. Can't do anything, but is watching the same movie you are, essentially, <laughs> is what is implied. Like He's aware. He can see everything, but he is in a sleep until the plot deems it valuable <laughs> for him to wake up, is essentially what happens. It is so stupid. So, in his absence, instead of having the queen take over, or something sensible like queen? that, yeah, Rene Russo plays Odin's wife. Is she in this movie? Yes, yeah, she oh, is. Oh, yeah, she was in this yeah. movie. I forgot about that. I can't. Her name is like Fella or something. I don't know. It's, uh-huh. uh, but Foden. She's very <laughs> Foden. Instead of having her take over or something sensible like that, Loki assumes the throne. And wears a dumb hat. Wears he wears the dumbest dumb hat. hat he can find. A hat he will continue to wear for the majority of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh, it's a bad hat. It's very bad. I'm just going to Um, So I think then we go back down to Earth where Thor well, is in Well, I think captivity. that at this point, yeah, like all of Thor's friends are petitioning new king. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki, like, please let Thor come back. He's like, never. Then we go back to Earth. I have no idea what happens at this point. Uh, it's like plot, 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 plot. But not really. But like, not nothing, really. Nothing is yeah, occurring. They're, they're, they're he's just, falling in love with Natalie He's falling Portman. in love with Natalie Portman. They have, like, for some reason, they let him out because they have nothing to charge him on, but they right. confiscate all of Natalie Portman's shit. They take all of her all of her research. On the way out, he steals some of her research. This yeah. endears him to her. Yeah. So the two of them have, like, a long heart-to-heart by a campfire late yes, one night. Yes, 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 yes. And they, like, look at the sky, et cetera. It's that is not, nice. It's it's fine. It's all like manageable. Meanwhile, up in Asgard again, uh, Thor's friends, Lady Sif and the Warriors Three. <laughs> Thank you. I know. That, I'm glad that you're impressed that I can remember that, but you don't care if I can remember the three warriors' names, which I can't. <laughs> I mean, I don't think. Do we know their names? Are they ever named? What Mustache Man, Beardy, <laughs> Beardy, and who is the third one? There's oh, three... oh, Ninja Boy, Ninja Boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. They decide that they are going to go down to Earth and like get Thor to come back. Uh-huh. They don't seem to understand that Thor has been turned into a mortal man, and as a result, like can't just fly around at, at will. Yeah, he's just a dude. He's just a dude now. So they go down to Earth. A there's very some cut dude. Yes, uh, there's some you know fun stuff where people are like, "Is there a Ren fair in town?" <laughs> as these people walk around, and you're like, "Yeah, those are dumb outfits." Um, they find Thor and they're like, we need, we need your help. Loki has taken over. Thor is like, I can't do anything. He's I like, can't pick friends! up the hammer. It's, yeah, but he's know, happy to see yeah, them. Yeah, it's fun. It's like when your, your buddies from college come over after yep, you've graduated. Yep, yep. And they're um, all doing cool stuff and you're kind of like, well, I'm, I, I can afford this apartment. <laughs> uh, but he, he, um, I think at this point he's like, you should go. Yeah, you guys should probably leave. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude now. Uh, <laughs> Loki realizes that now. this like mission to Earth has has happened that Lady Sif and the Warriors Three are down there. He's unhappy, so he sends the automaton that was there to protect the the ice cinder brick. At the same time, I at this point has he done the thing where he offers to let the ice giants kill Odin? I he might have. I don't know. He's doing multiple things at the same time. Yeah, like this is, is the hardest movie to recap out of that we've seen in any of these. Yeah. It, well, it's got it's basically two movies like joined at the hip. It's weird. Yes, but okay. So he's like. At some point in this journey, he is like giving the ice giants the option <laughs> to come kill Odin. 
right? So we know that there's like Ice Giant's going to be in Asgard. Yeah, Ice Giants are going to show up in Asgard at some point, but he's also pissed off that they're, that Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 are trying to get Thor back, so he sends the automaton the big that robot. had been protecting the ice block originally down to Earth, to New Mexico, yep. where it shows up in this tiny town that they definitely built from the ground or, up. Or like repurposed from a John Wayne Western. Yes. Um, and this thing shows up and just starts like wrecking heck. <laughs> nuking thing. <laughs> just like destroying stuff. People are running. It is like the, the scene that you need to have in any of these movies. People need yep. to be in danger but not actually dying. Yep. And Things um, are blowing up. So Lady Sif and the Warriors 3 go after this thing, but they cannot fight it themselves. So Thor tells them to run and to get away, and he stands in front of this like automaton. He's like, "Halt! Like stop!" And this thing like its visor goes up, and it's like heat ray is like getting ready to blast him. And he says like, "Kill me!" Yeah, he says, "Take me!" Um, and then it blasts him, and he's like no, knocked it back. Slaps him. Oh, it slaps it him. Never mind. It doesn't light him up. Loki is like at this point we realize like Loki is driving this thing like pacific rim style from some other location yes. and then loki like slaps him i'm not sure why thor because loki's a slapper that's just, that's like it's a like loki move. move yeah okay yeah it kind of implies that maybe he's dead but maybe he's not at but this, he's pretty close to death he's, yeah he's least. in a bad way yeah this is a moment that is to me very reminiscent of bruce banner jumping out of the chopper and slamming into the ground at the end of the incredible hulk it feels to me like neo in the matrix Hmm. is kind of the vibe that I feel, where it's like the sacrifice and the, the like. you forged connections with these people, though, now, and now you are worthy. It reminds me of um, the character of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. In the book of the Bible. The, yeah. Um, when are they going to adapt that? I'm waiting. <laughs> I can't Mel Gibson on that. They're uh, making a sequel to The Passion of the Christ, I believe, which is like, didn't... What, is there are much really? else? Are you <laughs> like, what happens you, after I that? I cannot tell. No, they're joking. dead serious. No. Dead, yes, they are. Which what, is, like, is it like the book of... Oh, wait. Like, uh, like, I mean, there's like letters of the dude. Yeah, but like Jesus like just like comes back briefly and then yeah. ascends to heaven. Like it's like a 20 minute movie. Well, but then there's like the founding of a young faith like that's viewed as a cult. But this is like this is like the passion of the Christ itself, I assume. I assume Jim Caviezel is coming back. That's all I know. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, you're blowing my mind right watch, now. Watch for that 2022. I can't <laughs> wait until well after those come out, we recap that series. <laughs> um, <laughs> the New Testament uh, universe, uh. NTU. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of fun stunt casting, like John the Baptist is played by, I don't know. <laughs> Who would play John the Jim Baptist? Jim Carrey. <laughs> for some reason, I just keep imagining um, that one, that like alcoholic... Uh, commander from Battlestar Galactica is John the Baptist. I hope he would be credited as that alcoholic commander <laughs> from Battlestar Galactica is John the Baptist. Anyway, we're we are way taking off. so we're much way time yeah, right now. This is all right. So anyway, uh, oh, so pretty cool slapped. moment. He gets slapped. He looks like he's dying. Everyone's like, "No, Thor." <laughs> they use his his proper first name, and like at this moment, we we cut back to the hammer, which is like jiggling in its in its stone. <laughs> it's, it's doing the shaky thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what could possibly happen next? And then it rockets into the sky in what is usually the coolest effects shot of the entire film, uh, and then falls back down. Thor's armor like grows back over him. He's got the hammer. He is worthy, and uh, he starts hitting that robot with the hammer. Kills no, a robot. Kills the robot. Robot is dead. Death count one. <laughs> um, 
He then he then uh like is like I'm back, and then and then everyone's like, all right, we have to go up to Asgard and stop Loki, who's about to quote unquote let the ice giants kill Odin. Right. Um. But before he leaves, there's a little smoocheroony. Yeah, he plants the smooch on. Natalie Portman in a a shot that for whatever reason Matt and I both were just like this is a long shot. I I remember counting it and it was at least ten seconds. I did not count, but I, it just was a longer kiss than you normally get. Yeah, it's uh, a, that's what happens when a god kisses you. I guess <laughs> so, dude. It was it was solid. Um, and then he says, "I will come back." Yeah, critically, he's ba- basically just like Daniel Day Lewis in in Last Mohicans. A movie I have not seen. You've never seen that? No. Oh, there's a great moment where he was like, I will find you. Okay. Yeah, he essentially does that. Yeah. And then he, they go up into Asgard. Loki invited the Ice King over for dinner to kill his dad, but instead he actually kills the Ice King. So that he can seem like he's the savior. So he can be a good son to his dad. Kind of a complicated plan, but okay. <laughs> there's a bunch of fighting. Is Odin awake at this point? Odin has not woken up. Um, Thor and Loki are on the Bifrost. Loki is like frozen. We haven't even talked about Idris Elba yet. Idris Elba is in this. Drives the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. He wears contacts, colored contacts, and drives the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, he is only present when it is convenient for the plot to have yeah. him present. Um, essentially, Thor destroys the Rainbow Bridge, the Bifrost, in Making order it, to yeah. in order to keep Loki from whatever his plans are. Which means that, like... I don't remember what his plans are. I think his plan was to use the Bifrost to, like, seal off Jotunheim or something involving the Ice Giants. Or, yeah, or let the Ice Giants through. Right. Or But he kills the Ice Giant King, so I actually don't know why he wanted to do that. He wanted to do something with the Bifrost. Thor's like, no, he actually destroys the Bifrost, which means that he can't get back to Earth like he said he was going which to. Which means it's a good thing he made that kiss count, because yes. it's not happening again. For a while, at least. Um... And then I think in the process, like he and and Loki are like knocked off of the Rainbow Road, and they're like hanging there. And I believe that that Odin grabs onto Thor and saves Thor at the last moment. Well, no, it's that they're all like like Thor is hanging. They and, create a daisy chain. Yeah, and yeah. like Loki is holding onto Thor. Yes, and Thor is holding onto Odin, who is standing on the bridge. And then Thor Odin's looks- like, "I'll pull you up," and Loki is like, "Goodbye," <laughs> and let's go, and falls down. Luke at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back style. Yes, precisely. And uh, then, then Thor's like pulled up, and Odin says, "It's a good, you know, you have done a good thing." <laughs> Yeah, and and Thor is like, all right, I had a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I guess that's over. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't remember if anything else happens. I don't know, but then so then you go to the credits, and we'll talk about the post credits thing in a yeah. second. But you go to the credits, and it literally says, which it has not in the other ones, I don't think. Thor will return in the Avengers. Yes, it is the first time that we see this, uh, which I like. It's a real Jay and Silent Bob it's move. A, a very uh, like serial before the movie type, yes. like Flash Gordon thing, which I like. And that is 2011's Thor. <laughs> yeah. uh, that took us half an hour. That seems. About I right. am so sorry, listeners. <laughs> All right, Bob. Um, what'd you think of this movie? I thought that the parts when he's on Earth. Uh, and just like a weirdo on Earth are excellent. And yes. I think that the parts of it in Asgard are rough. And I think that the dark part about it is that 
Kenneth Branagh signed onto this because he loves the Asgard parts because they are a poor man's Shakespeare play. 100%. And that like he has no idea where the good part of the movie is. And beyond that, and I just want to say this before I forget, we have not talked about this yet. This movie is shot by a person with intense vertigo or something because yeah. every shot is a Dutch angle of such extremity that like it looks like everyone is going up or down a hill. It looks as though the entire film is being made on an incline or a decline. <laughs> like, like, every shot yeah. is on an angle. It's incredible. There are shots that are not... The shot itself is not on an angle, but they have positioned something in the frame to bisect the shot at an angle as though you would otherwise become sick to your stomach. Which is not like a comic books thing. Maybe nor, it is. Nor, I don't no, know. No, it's not. But it's not even a Shakespeare thing. I don't understand. <laughs> it is so crazy. And it really makes it hard to watch. Yeah, I agree. On a big it's, screen, this I is think the it hardest, would have made me vomit. This is one of the hardest, like, visually, this is one of the hardest movies to watch. I agree. Uh, out of all of them. It's, it's just like, I didn't ex- exactly enjoy watching the visual, like, the cinematography of The Incredible Hulk. But, like, this one is kind of nauseating. It kind of makes times. me seasick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't hate this movie. I didn't hate it either. I think that given given another three weeks, it will return to the place that it held in my mind previously, where it is seventy percent Thor, like being like a comedy, and like thirty percent just like, like walking some down the middle of the street outside because he doesn't know what cars are, and <laughs> everybody just telling him to get out of the way. I think that you are one hundred percent right about Kenneth Branagh being attracted to the quote unquote Shakespearean aspect of this, and I bet that. It would be hard to find a review or a preview or any kind of writing about this movie that doesn't use Kenneth Branagh and Shakespeare in the same sentence. Oh, definitely. Like it is it, it is probably like reference constantly, which is like none of it actually is that Shakespearean. And insofar as it, other than that, they talk. I mean, it has brothers and I betrayal. Think it is the betrayal between yes. brothers in a in a position of royalty. And I think that one of the reasons that those scenes feel so like hermetic yeah. and without context of like a greater kingdom or anything is because it's staged like a play. <laughs> and That's like, point. if you yeah. think about it, he really just shot that stuff on a green screen. So it was just like a play. Yeah, for them, I guess it was. It's too bad that like the dialogue and the acting wasn't quite up to snuff. Yeah, but it's and and like I Odin, don't even think like Anthony Hopkins is cashing a check. Woo! <laughs> he literally sleeps through half of the movie. <laughs> he does cry in his sleep at one point, which I'm sure was a, a real twi- turn for him. Real tricky. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. No, I just um I. I don't know. I actually, this is like, out of all of them, this is the one that I have the least to say about. Uh, 30, 30 to 10 to 30% of it works. 70% of it doesn't. But like the parts that work are so amusing to me and so charming that like it will, given time, just take on the quality in my mind that so many movies that I watched when I was like very young will. Like tonally, those sections are so up my alley. Yeah. And the humor of them is so in my wheelhouse. And I think that they're sold really well. Like I actually think that Natalie Portman's like pretty good. Yeah, she's like a foil for him and stuff. Like I don't know if she's much of a foil. Well, as as somebody for him to bounce off of in those situations. I feel as though society at large is more the foil for him. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I, I think everybody like does okay in the earth section yeah i actually really i like um stone skarsgård too yeah, i think, I he's, think he's very good um so all of that i feel like positive on um 
it's just a weird movie in that all of the stuff that happens in Asgard is just like tremendously dull. Yeah, I agree. Because um, there's just no stakes. And to you're it. especially not a fan of Tom Hiddleston's Loki, I assume. I don't care. Okay, yeah, I mean that's pretty damning. <laughs> well, no, I mean like I don't I don't think he's like amazing or bad. I just yeah. think he's like, I think he is plausibly motivated. If we just ignore that, like it makes no sense that he's a frost giant. Yeah, uh, I I the thing that is very curious to me about all of this is that uh, the person... We watched this with a third person who, uh, at one point, out of curiosity, looked up on a fanfiction website uh, how much Thor-Loki incest porn has... Erotica, I should say. How much Thor-Loki erotica has been written. Um, which I didn't is know that we were going to bring this up on the show. Not actually incest, if you think about it, because Thor is a god and Loki is a nice giant. <laughs> I have to imagine that all of these stories start with, it's not actually incest, <laughs> if you think about it. Anyways, here is what I wrote. There were 15 pages, 15 yeah. web pages of this. A lot of people are doing that. People... It, He's very really, cut for a homeless man. Yeah, but people are really into the Loki character. People are like really into the Loki character. He's given so much to do. He's getting his own TV show on the Disney Plus channel. That's interesting. I am thoroughly curious as to why. Because I agree that Tom Hiddleston is just sort of like present for this movie. He's good. He's fine. He's fine. He does He's He fine. does like the job well, but it's such a one-note character. Well, and, that, and like, because he is just interacting with other people in this like faux Shakespearean CGI town... Yeah. I just don't have any grounding for him. Like, yeah. I just don't care because, like, we don't know who they're ruling over. We don't know why he feels entitled to this. If you count the Warriors three as one person, Loki interacts with Odin, Thor, his mom, briefly, the King of the Ice Giants briefly idris elba idris elba who is a robot who is literally playing, playing a robot basically a robot man um uh the the warriors three and lady sif that's a total of like seven people all of whom are asgardians or from outer space but like none of them and none of whom are really characters in their own right other than maybe thor for whatever reason like they don't give me any weight no no one in asgard matters except for thor they're they're like nothing burgers to quote Emily Nussbaum. Yeah, they're just kind of empty. So like when you're when you're supposed to have a, a a nuanced interesting character like Loki and he's not able to bounce off anyone other than Thor that's like yeah. a character at all then yeah, that's a not an enviable task. Like I see why but he I, would be upset though. I'm just so curious as to where the fandom comes from. And I'm very curious to see that evolve as the movies go forward because I know that Loki comes back. Well, and we should talk about that cuz the post-credit sequence for this movie Features Loki. Yes. So Skarsgård, whatever his first yeah, name Papa is. Yeah, Papa Skarsgård. Papa Skarsgård uh, is interacting with Nick Fury. Yeah. Who's like, I got a box that has unlimited energy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. You want to see it? <laughs> You're a physicist of some sort. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, to assume, I guess. Um, do you want to see this cool box or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and Skarsgård says yes but we the viewer in a mirror see that he is like that loki appears and yeah. seems to be like, like controlling him controlling or him like or like appearing as him yeah. or something i don't know i'm gonna so it basically that is the equivalent of having an end credit sequence that says loki will return in the avengers well but also that loki is pulling strings much larger than this film right yes if he's influencing he is, things he's a larger he's a larger big bad yeah yeah um 
Yeah, I I mean, first of all, I gotta say this is the weakest of all the post credit sequences. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, it is. I was kind of shocked at how not good it was. Yeah, but uh, especially because there is like I don't know what this box thing is. Do they ever name it? Is it the Tesseract? Isn't it like a cube? It's just a cube. The hypercube. E- I honestly kind of forget space cube. So much of this movie is very forgettable. It's it's amazing. I just it like washed over me, and yes. then I c- always come back to him in that diner. Yes, and I'm like, that was fun. And you're like, this is kind of a good movie. Yeah. Yes, this is how I've been living for like eight years. <laughs> it's weird. It's very odd. It's very odd that like whereas so much of the Incredible Hulk was actively unforgivably bad that I remember it. Yes, <laughs> the, and this movie like, and I remember all of the Incredible Hulk. Um, I could recap that again right now. So, at the very beginning, we get this sequence of backstory. <laughs> um, in any case, yeah, I there's so much of this movie that I just don't remember or care about. And I think that that's partly because I don't imagine much of it will come back. I don't think Asgard will play a big role. I I think we will spend some time in Asgard. Because like, the, the weird thing about it is that we have to, in Thor 2... The dark world. Oh, because he's stuck up there. Because he has, he can't get out. No, but he comes back down for the Avengers. So somehow he gets back down to Earth. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But what if? I know that they like to kind of play with the chronology. What if the Avengers happens, and then it's like, but how did he get, get there? there? And then we're just stuck back in Asgard. That is, that is very possible. I think that might. That is thoroughly. Possible. Oh, that would suck so much if we get to enjoy just, him on Earth, and then it's just like, hold up, we know you wanted to know. <laughs> Two and a half hours of Asgard. Well, and okay, the last thing I'll say because I honestly don't have a ton more. No, I'm pretty this much I'm, just kind of. Yeah, blah. I'm running on empty. But here it is. What I really didn't like when, like Rogue One, a movie that I think everybody here has seen. Yeah. Uh, a movie that answers the burning question that you had of how did Darth Vader get to the ship at the start of A New Hope? That's kind of what that, it's trying to answer. At the end of the day, it it literally shows him doing this by walking down a hallway and cutting people up. Yeah. And that is, to me, hugely undermining of the Darth Vader character, who, yes. if you just watch A New Hope, essentially appears out of nowhere and is just... I you know, from outer space. like he is- and, and you're like this, and you see him be powerful, and you're like, this is a guy who can show up from out of nowhere because he's very powerful and yes. scary. Yes, and the fact that I, like, I have no question about how he got here. How yeah. he got here doesn't matter. I know that he is here now, and it is very bad that he is. Yeah. This movie, to me, kind of feels like showing me him walking down a hallway, where it's just, like, a lot of, like, but, like, how did Thor get here? And, like, I need the motivation for Thor. Like, I get that. But there's just so much going on in it that I just don't care about, and it doesn't help the parts of it that I enjoy, which are, here is this weirdo god who just has no idea what's going on on Earth, but looks like an Earth dude. Man, what if we could just cut the ice giant plot entirely? Well, you need it, though, because you need Loki is the problem, I think. Yeah, I guess you need to know Loki's backstory, and you, the ice and, giants are and important And you need, like, that. the... the interpersonal conflict between Loki and Thor. Yeah, the ice giants are just so bland. And the it's ice the worst giants... act- action scene in the entire thing. They also look, despite the fact that this came out possibly before you ever see the Night King I in Game so. of Thrones, definitely was shot before that. They look so much like exactly the Game of Thrones like Night the King. Night King. Yeah, it's sort of, it's you know that someone in either department was like, fuck. Right. <laughs> when they saw the they other, the other exactly property. They look exactly like the, ice King, uh, the Night, Night King. King. Yeah. And they are just dumb. 
I just don't care. They look bad. It's bad well, makeup. And, like we never see them actually harm any Asgardians. Yeah. All we see is that people from Asgard go there, blow them up, and take their box. Yeah. In many ways, Asgardians are the terrorists in this situation. They seem like the bad yes. people. Like it's weird because the the Ice Giants are the sympathetic characters. Which, like, okay, maybe there's room to explore they, that with Loki, are, but instead Loki just kills them. The implication, though, is that, and the thing that always bugs me about, like, anything like this, including, like, Lord of the Rings or any fantasy or sci-fi genre, is that the the um, the ice giants or the frost giants are morally corrupt from birth. Yes, they are they're born bad, bad dudes. And that's something that you just end up with with any kind of genre property for whatever fucked up reason. That's really dumb. Even in, you know, even in Game of Thrones. Sure. Yeah, you still have like the bad that is just bad. And that's part of the reason I think that we're meant to assume that Loki is goes to the lengths that he will go to. It's not just because his dad his dad lied to him about his parentage, but it's that he's just was kind of born bad like the rest of the frost giants yeah and that's something just so like lame yeah it's just like you can do better marvel yeah you can and i've seen you do better already so like let's yeah and then also it also excuses the fact that thor can kill a bunch of things and we don't care about it because yeah they're they're inherently he just goes and just murders a bunch of them and then there's just no weight to it is just so strange they serve the role of terrorists as the they serve the role that terrorists served in iron man except for this time it's the Asgardians that are the real terrorists. Whoa. That's our hot take. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a break and talk well, about some video where games? where do we rank it? Oh, I forgot about that. That's, okay, so wait. Matt, with all that said, yeah. where do you rank this movie in our Marvel Power Rankings? Which, for those sitting at home, currently stands at Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, I put this below Iron Man 2 and above The Incredible Hulk. All right, so that means that our list right now, because I totally agree with you, (laughs) is number one, Iron Man 1, number two, Iron Man 2, number three, Thor, number 23, The Incredible Hulk. Where do you place the... the post-credit sequence. We agree that this is the worst of the post-credit sequence. This is the sequence. worst post-credit yeah. sequence. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like don't feel jazzed about the next one as a result, as much as I was. The strange thing about it is that this doesn't tie directly into the next one. Yes. I think or it, it maybe ties, it, it ties into the Avengers. Maybe it ties into the Avengers. Because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Captain America comes out the same year as Thor, and then it's a year later that the Avengers comes out in 2012. Our next movie is Captain America, the first Avenger, which came out just uh, two months after Thor. Yeah. And then it was a full year before we got to the Avengers. Because I believe that Joss Whedon directed that post-credit sequence with um Nick Fury. Oh, and interesting. That's usually how it works is that whoever the next director for the next project is directs the post-credit sequence in the that's, current film. That is interesting. Okay. Well, in any case, I am looking forward to this. I am too. I have not seen this one. Have you seen this one? Captain I, America, I have first not Avenger? seen this one. All right, cool. Yeah, I think that this, this is the first one where neither one of us has seen it. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm pretty excited, just because I think it'll be a change of pace. Yeah, I like this Chris, too. Um, Chris Evans, he's <laughs> yeah, a good Yeah, I like him, too. Yeah. Good Chris. All right, on that note, we'll be back in a moment. All right, Matt, did you play any video games? <laughs> um, I played a phone game for about 10 minutes, because I realized that I didn't have any other video games to talk about. So I downloaded and fired up Dr. Mario for the iPhone. How is it? This is very different than the original Dr. Mario. So the original Dr. <laughs> that Mario... That is not what I expected. No, no I, the original Dr. Mario is uh, you have pills falling down that 
fall at a regular rate like Tetris, and you have to match sets of three with um, based on colors. So you might have like a a pill that's um, yellow on both sides, and then you would want to stack that on top of two other yellow germs to er eradicate the yellow germs. Or you might have a pill that's yellow on one side and red on the other, so you'd want to stack that appropriately so that maybe the yellow falls on some yellow ones and the red falls on some red germs. Anyway, this game totally turns on it on its head literally by having you drag pieces up rather than having them fall on their own. So you're Whoa. essentially dragging pieces. You're still eradicating germs by getting three of, of one kind in a row. But you're doing it like that. It's set up like a Mario World world, essentially, where you have different stages as they move along. Sure. My... Uh, so you also have a limited number of capsules. So every stage is more of a puzzle in the traditional term puzzle as opposed to a sort of uh, twitchy Tetris uh -huh. event. Um, my main complaint so far is that it is sort of absurdly easy. Mm -hmm. uh, the first 10 or so stages are really just like a tutorial, but it takes way too long to get through them because every time it loads up a screen, it takes like 10 seconds. It's really what? irritating. On a new phone? Yeah. It's it's just like it's Dude, just very slow. Good. It has like various animations that occur before like the actual action begins. Ooh. And then the action is usually just like you slide three pills into very obvious places and eradicate the germs. Oh, that's bad. Anyway, Dr. Mario, someone needs to take away this man's prescription because he is definitely in Big Pharma's pocket. But strong. <laughs> that's my political take. Woo! Um, I, I might continue playing it, but like I am sort of extraordinarily underwhelmed by it right yeah now. that's a bummer if they're going to bring back dr mario you can't do it like that yeah i would much prefer just the original dr mario which i love i love the nes yeah, dr mario fan. yeah that's pretty yeah lame yeah so anyway i i am excited to um play fire emblem three houses which i'm gonna start playing i think on friday whenever nice. it comes out so I'm very much looking forward to that yeah uh, that'll be I've, cool all the advanced press that i've heard has been like very positive yeah i'm, I'm intrigued by that one Will you get it, do you think? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have time. I know what you mean. Actually, I don't. I have time. I make the time. Yeah. So what did you play this week? I didn't play anything. All right. Uh, I did, though, watch the most recent season of Project Runway, <laughs> which uh, I have not how finished. Is, how does it hold up? Oh, they, they like rebooted it this okay, year. Okay, so no more Heidi and Tim? Yeah, so now it's uh, Carly Claus is her name. She's mm -hmm. another blonde, leggy supermodel. Okay. And Christian Siriano, uh, who's who, that? a former winner of Project Runway, who like went on to actual fashion uh -huh. world success, and now he is back as Tim. And it's great because he has like an antagonistic... Like he's not the nurturing presence that Tim was. Yeah. He is much more just like like yelling at them <laughs> in a way that i enjoy um anyways i love project runway i always have this is a new season of project runway so i'm enjoying it but they have a challenge in it where they structure the challenge as you need to design a strong video game character female video game character oh a strong female <laughs> character <laughs> well they have all these like female video game designers did joss there. whedon show up out of nowhere it's and a little just, like, it's descend? well it's just one of those like it is i don't think it's a very good challenge no. uh but i was just like oh no video games and the like other things crossing over and always it just feels like oh i don't know if this is right but they had these like uh i forget her first name but somebody hunnicky 
And okay. I, I, I've heard her name before. She like worked on The Sims and stuff. Oh, she's in the industry. Yeah, yeah. They okay. had a few industry people there, and uh, she was like a guest judge and stuff. But it's just one of those weird things where it's like, I don't think it's a very good prompt for Project Runway. But I was like, oh yeah, video games leaking out everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Fortnite. It's just design a strong female <laughs> Fortnite character. <laughs> yeah, design a dope Fortnite skin. Epic Games will actually make it. Uh, it was just sort of strange. What were the What were the end? Um, I wanted to say costumes, but what were the end? Well, they were co- like that's that's what I, I guess they are. What costumes, I didn't like yeah. about it is that like they were inevitably kind of costumey. Yeah, the coolest one, the one that I liked that didn't win, was this one woman made one uh, where it's like they were a flower miller. <laughs> And it had like cool oversized overalls, and it looked like the sort of thing that you could like render render well with pixels. How does that, how does that tie into? I'm not sure, but games. I loved it. it also, good. there was a moment when they were talking about like what they were going to do, right? Yeah. Like, and they have those cutaway shots, and these two women exemplified the entire arch of video games from the time they began to today. Because this one uh, designer goes like. Well, I used to play Mortal Kombat a lot with my cousins, so I'm making this like ninja girl who's like gonna cut people up. <laughs> and then the, the other woman goes, "I'm making, a, I'm making a, a woman whose power is to take away bad memories." And I was like, "This is the evolution of video games from 1990 to 2019 yes. Yes. in a nutshell. <laughs> is this this is it? The whole arc has been demonstrated to us." Yeah, I guess it's yeah, Mortal Kombat to remember me. Yeah, that was it, man. Um, no one went the Final Fantasy route, the like Nomura route with like tons of zippers. Somebody and was talking and stuff. a mad game about doing a lot of zippers and then didn't yeah. actually do it. Yeah, no one falls through. I think the it's zippers. actually pretty hard to put a lot of zippers into things, imagine, which is why yeah. he does it in a digital it, realm. <laughs> His fashion could not exist in real life. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Final Fantasy has had like, um, like done like fashion shows and stuff. Like I'm had sure. relationships with like. Ralph oh, I'm Lauren sure that like they've made those jackets. Yeah, because like they're cool. Yeah, ish, ish. Yeah. <laughs> they're cool if you're into those kinds of jackets, yeah. asymmetrical leather jackets with a million zippers. Uh, like that totally makes sense that those would exist. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't watched um Project Runway in a long time, but I really I'm love glad that to show. know that it's still running. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, it's back on Bravo, which just feels right. Do you have any video games that you're planning to tackle or that you're hoping to play in the in the near future? I I don't know. I don't know. You're not feeling too hot in video games. I'm just kind of not lately. I've just got other things going on. Do you I'm remember when playing we playing the guitar? Do you remember when we had that uh that section where the section of the show where we were going to play through Divinity 2? Oh my god, dude. It was so overwhelming. <laughs> It was too much. It was too much for me. Too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs>